Welcome to the Earn Every Dime Online Show, where our job is to help you uncover new ways to earn a living online. Now we do this by talking through concepts, ideas, strategies, and people that hopefully help you make more money online. On today's episode, we have Rob Heath, lawyer, entrepreneur, an all-around smart guy, talking to us about solopreneurship and being a company of one and how to think about the expansion and increase in your business as your leadership needs change. Enjoy the show. So hey everybody, welcome back to the Earn Every Dime Online Show. And I'm gonna tell you, we have an absolute treat today. I've got Mr. Rob Heath in the building. And I'm gonna tell you, from whence Rob has come is a long journey, young guy, exciting guy, but has a whole lot of stuff to tell us about business and about leadership. Rob, thanks for coming. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Randy. So let me ask you this, and I want to jump right in, man, because I think it's important that as we start talking about leadership and entrepreneurship, I think there is a huge connection in the entrepreneurs needing to lead themselves a certain way, because if their organization, or I should say when, their organization grows, going from solopreneurs right mm-hmm. to now a large organization we have seen time again where they had to bring somebody else in mm-hmm. right a season and I'm air quoting over here everybody a seasoned professional mm-hmm. to run the company mm-hmm. why is that well I think well there's two different reasons for that and a lot of it um, a lot of work that I do helps people to understand kind of what is their goals what are their visions and then how to make those happen with the people that they have right but kind of unpacking that question a little bit the first thing that you have to know is what are you trying to do Uh right Uh Um, I love how Robert Kiyosaki puts it in cash flow quadrant right and he makes the kind of delineation between a small business owner Uh and a big business owner and a lot of times Small business owners have visions that are small business, that they get to work for themselves, do what they want. So the vision is small? So the vision is small, Mm -hmm. and everything is cool. At that moment, when they start getting more business than they're able to handle, they have a decision point. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people feel is, well, I have to hire people. I have to do more. I have to do this. No, you don't. You can choose to continue to have the business that you have. Mm -hmm. You can say no. Right. Oh, that's good. One of the important things Gary Keller talks about in his book, The One Thing, mm-hmm. what he says is saying yes to something means saying no to a whole bunch of that's other right. things. Right. And if you don't get good at telling people, no, I'm sorry, I can't do your house. If you're, you know, if you're if you're doing construction or if you're doing, you know, a number, if you're a small bookkeeper or whatever, mm-hmm. you get to your capacity of clients and then you say, no, I'm sorry, I can't deal with you. Here's a recommendation for another person who's really awesome. That's interesting. I had a leader, um, a client of mine, tell me that. And she was lamenting about this one thing. She says, why didn't she tell me she couldn't handle this? Why didn't she tell me? You know, that is, I think, very difficult for us. Now, you know, as you guys are out there building your businesses, especially when you're getting into the online space, 
there's going to be so many new shiny things. Trust when I say this, everybody. New shiny things that you could Mm -hmm. go after. Mm -hmm. But there is, and I read that book, right? The one thing I read that book, Mm -hmm. and it was very informative in that why the one thing you're concentrating on is because you'll get that one thing done. And it allows you to say no to everything else. Now, Mm -hmm. we understand, you know, I I, I loved economics in in college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the opportunity costs are real. Exactly. They're real. So as, you know, in the work that you do in your leadership space, what are you telling some of the leaders on how they need to grow up their organizations mm-hmm. they're going to be having to tell some people no no right and that and that goes to kind of the second point right right in in robert kiyosaki's book he talks about the small business owner right mm-hmm. you own a job you're going to be very good mm-hmm. in what you do but you are limited by your capacity the True. second piece is the big business owner the big business owner wants to own a system the big business owner wants to has a vision but is not going to be the prime mover mm-hmm. in that vision their vision requires other people to do things. And so when you're talking about leaders who are trying to figure out how to say no and all the rest mm-hmm. of that, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the vision dictates and the, the systems that you create, everything revolves around that priority of That's what right. are the values, what are, why is it that you do. Um, I love Jim Collins' book, Built to Last. Mm-hmm. Jim Collins and Jerry Poppins wrote this book. And one of the things they talked about was you think of these corporations or these big companies, these big businesses, right, that everybody would love working there. You think of something like Own Studios or Mm -hmm. Oprah, right, or Harpo Studios, right, Um, or Own Network. And you would think that everybody would love to work for Oprah. Mm -hmm. But in all actuality, no. The people who are Oprah's people Mm -hmm. love to work for Oprah. That's right. The people who are Tyler Perry's people love to work for Tyler Perry. The people who are McDonald's Corporation have those same values love mm-hmm. to work at those places Nordstrom's 3M a lot of these businesses that they talk about they have a particular culture and you can even think about Google and Apple mm-hmm. right Google and Apple have a different culture than Microsoft does that's right right both businesses that do very well but completely different cultures a person that would excel at Apple would not fit in at Microsoft yeah yeah and it's okay it's okay for somebody not to fit into your group. It's okay for somebody not to fit into your organization. It's okay. Now, you have to be careful, right? You can't you can't be stuck with hubris and thinking that, you know, you just are the best thing walking and your stuff don't stink, right? Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you know where you're going, if you know what you're about and you know that your 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 systems, your processes are congruent with your values, mm-hmm. it's okay to get somebody yeah. and say, "You know what?" You're a great person. You have great talent. Mm-hmm. But I think your talents are better you served somewhere, somewhere else. else. For where the organization is going. So now we start thinking about these solopreneurs, right? And we start talking about, um, as I talk about in Earn Every Dime Online all the time, is that, listen, these online companies can grow very, very big, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have the capability of growing a situation because it's on the Internet in a whole different way than if it were a storefront, if you will, mm-hmm, or using mm-hmm. the retail model, yep. right? So your revenues can grow and therefore your needs can grow, yep. right? So why I wanted to have this conversation today was I wanted to bring in the ideas of solopreneurship, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You starting a thing and then giving you the leadership perspectives, right? 
right? And some of the things that we we talked about off mic was about your military background, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So and how and that was a fascinating conversation. I loved it, and I want to share it with my uh, my audience today. Is how in in military, what you had to do, you had to take people, you had to take whatever you got. Mm-hmm. That was your job. Yeah. Right. And and that was you know I want to unpack that a little okay. bit when you say take what you got. Mm-hmm. All right. What does that mean? Right. So um, I was a Marine Corps. I was a Marine Corps officer for eight years, um, four years active, three and a half years in the reserves. Um, and during that time, I got to you know one of the cool things. I was a lawyer in the Marine Corps, but I was also company commander in the Marine Corps. And one of the things that the Marine Corps is by far, and I'm biased, but I think that the facts will bear out. Marine Corps is the best leadership um, training academy on the planet. And one of the main reasons why is because the Marine Corps is a leadership training academy of no excuses. Mm. You're going to get the job done. You're going to figure out how to get the job done. And it's expected. It's understood. And everybody is kind of singularly minded about the fact that we're going to figure out how to get the job done. It is not acceptable to say, well, I had this problem, and that's why you couldn't get it done. One of the things that you have is a personnel problem, right? You have a limited force. We're a volunteer mm-hmm. force. We're not a draftee force. Mm-hmm. And so as a company commander um, and as platoon commander, anybody that's in charge of personnel, what you realize is because of the cycles that the system has of how you intake people, there are mm-hmm. classes that graduate from Paris Island or San Diego every year, and so you get people through mm-hmm. their schools, and then they're ready, trained up, and ready to join the force. You don't have just, you know, personnel waiting, beating down the doors. And so you are not able to just fire somebody because you don't like them or because they don't, because they're, they're, they're Everybody's performance. useful. Exactly. Everybody, nothing goes to waste. Exactly, no person, right? especially. Right. The whole like idea that. of the Marine Corps is you do more with less. And it's not that it's lesser people, right? We get some of the best Americans to join the United States Marine Corps. The standards are high. To graduate boot camp, you mm-hmm. have to, um, you know, demonstrate the the values of honor, courage, and commitment. That's good. That's good. But nonetheless, those are that, that, that's what I talk about in my book. Is you know you got to understand the difference between potential energy and mm-hmm. kinetic energy. The difference between capacity and realized abilities. Uh, that's good. And as a leader, you have to take your people from where you get them. Now. Yes, there are systems that we can put together. Yes, there are things that we can do so that our intake processes, you know, give us, mm-hmm. right? And so you can talk to your HR directors. If that's you, you can, you can, you can work with somebody to do, a, um, do some consulting and things like that to figure out how to get your intake processes so that you're, you're better streamlined. But at the end of the day, when you get whoever it is that you get, you got one or two choices. You can either fire them mm-hmm. or you can lead them. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people want to do is they want to hire somebody that they don't have to lead. And you're saying, hey, you can't get away from the leadership perspective. Right. And that's the whole thing. Again, if you're going to be growing a business, if you're going to be a big business owner, if you're going to be in charge of people, at that moment, you become a leader whether or not you take on the mantle or not. Mm. And the title of my book is Why Can't My People Just Do Their Jobs? Right. I like that title. Yeah. Why can't they just do their jobs? Right. And because a lot of people in leadership positions are making that transition and kind of um, with, with my company, Legacy Leadership Consulting, what we do is we help people to understand the paradigm of we transition, we move throughout life from in, through three mm-hmm. stages. You move from being a doer, right? Mm-hmm. You move from being good at accomplishing, good at ex- executing on um, your objectives and mm-hmm. making things happen. 
And when you become a little bit successful, you then have to learn how to teach other people how to do the jobs that you do so that you can do other things. That's the beginning of del- of delegation, right? Mm-hmm. What you're talking about with your solopreneurs, when their businesses online grow, and one of the things about kind of the double-edged sword of online is that it can grow faster than you're ready for it to grow. That's right. And so when they get to this space, you're going to have to do one of two things. You're going to have to delegate, push things off of your plate, or you're going to stagnate and you're not going to grow. So you're talking about then going from the do to the teach mm-hmm. is building up what you want from your, you know, relative to your mission mm-hmm. of the people you hire, exactly. you hire, whether they're employees, contractors or otherwise. Right. And so and you have to be able to teach them what it is that you want them to do, because contrary to most people's beliefs, even if you write a great job description, mm-hmm. right, the communication process is a process where you take an idea from the mind of one person and you try to get that same idea into the mind of another person so that it spurs activity, so that it motivates action, right? Along that process, right, and this is one of the fascinating things from, from, from my, my college days. I, I was an economics major, so I, I love when you talk about, you know, opportunity costs and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. I love macroeconomics specifically. I got my bachelor's degree in, ma- in economics, but I also got a bachelor's degree in speech communications. And the most influential course that I took in all of my college career was a course called Interpersonal Communication, SpeechCom 230. Yeah, we had to, right? we had to take it to right? yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing about that course was it talked about the four phases of mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. right? From idea creation the sender. to transmission yeah. Yeah. to receiving sure. yeah. and then to decoding. That's right. Right. That's right. And so the then meta messages in between. The meta messages <laughs> in between. And the fact that there are four areas, right? Four regions of communication. It, it goes through four processes. But in those regions, there's eight steps, right? Mm-hmm. Because in idea creation, there is the, the formation of the idea, but then there's the, the kind of clarification of the idea, sure. yeah. right? There's, there's, and, and if you do anything wrong in that stage, you can do every other stage perfectly. Mm-hmm. The picture's mm-hmm. not going to be the same. Right, yeah, because if you don't clarify the vision, what you, what's going to happen is you're going to get a fuzzy vision in the other person's head, and mm-hmm. the actions mm-hmm. that they, you want them to take mm-hmm. are not going to be the actions that you would have thought. Yeah, because it's a fuzzy vision, so you have to clarify. You move from clarification to you know formation into language. So you're in the transmission stage. There's two steps again. You got to transmit it into the language that you mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the proper language to describe what it is that you're seeing, mm-hmm. even if you have it completely clear. Mm-hmm. Again, your message is gonna there's gonna be garbled messages, right? And does that now affect what you thought as an expectation? Exactly all from of that this, person, right? All of this affects your expectation of what they do because right. what we're assuming when we make up expectations of people's actions is that we're assuming clear communication. Yeah. We're assuming that they understand exactly what it is that I want them to do. Sure, yeah, and that's kind of devaluing the 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 awesome nature of communication, like. Human beings are the only species on the planet that mm-hmm. has the level of communication that we have, mm-hmm. the ability to tell story, the ability to write, and to, to leave a legacy with our communication. Other animals communicate, mm-hmm. but it's our communication is exponentially greater mm-hmm. than the communications they have. And therefore, our, ex, our communication is also exponentially more fraught with miscommunication. Sure, yeah. And I think, um, you know, as we start talking about growing these businesses and I'm really at that stage now where you know I'm having to hire more contractors mm-hmm. right because that solopreneurship play 
shows where I am limited. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm saying, now, how do I lead me? And that's really one one of the things and one of the areas I think would really help some people until they get to that point mm-hmm. financially, mm-hmm. cash flow wise. How do you lead you? Exactly. And that's a, it's a great point you made. And kind of getting back to the three stages of legacy leadership. And that's that's really what I, I do. I help people to become legacy leaders. Mm-hmm. We go from doer to teacher, but that's not the that's not the stopping place. We go from doer to teacher to legacy builder. And you've got to start with the end in mind. You've got to start understanding that your what you're building is a legacy. What you're building is something that you're going to leave to uh-huh, others. Uh-huh. There's going to be somebody that's going to run your business when you're gone. It's going to be something, your children, your grandchildren, your extended family, your partners, whoever it is. But whatever this vision is, it's not just about the here and now. It's not just about right now. So you've got to begin with the end in mind. And in leading yourself... There's another book that's phenomenal that I love in this regard. It's The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And I've one of the it. things that he talks about in the book, and you'll remember this, is you have to begin your business without yourself being the technician, not thinking that you're going to be the person mm-hmm. that's doing the books, not thinking that you're going to be, if you own a sandwich shop, not thinking that you're going to be the person that's making sandwiches. You're starting your business thinking about it from the position of the person who's going to be making the sandwiches in the future. That's right. The replacing you perspective. The person that's going to be replacing you. How do I set this up so that it's effective and efficient for them? And what's important about that is you begin to examine your expectations from the beginning. When I teach my leaders, I I take them through what's called my empower process, Mm -hmm. right? And And that's how we get from that step of doing to leading. And then after that, we go through our um, legacy leadership boot camp and that's when we start really focusing on um, legacy building but in the empower process the first step is to examine and evaluate your expectations you have to take inventory of who you are what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what is the unique thing that you bring that's to right. the business what is the thing that you are indispensable for you have to understand that for two reasons the first thing is so that you make sure that you spend the bulk of your time in that place because that's mm-hmm. where you're going to get the best bang for your buck. But the second reason is so that you let go of the emotional attachments to all the stuff that is not that. So that you get comfortable with preparing other people to do those right. things. Because sometimes as solopreneurs, we get attached to nobody can do my books better than I can. I'm pretty sure that somebody who went to school for four years can do it better than you can. <laughs> you know, you say that, and it's interesting. I, I collaborate constantly, right? And that was a hard thing for me. But now <clears throat> I've decided that that's the best thing for my business, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Uh, releasing the attachment to the outcome uh, that you spoke about. So, um, and I just l- literally, right before we started, I got a, a text from a collaborator. Mm-hmm. And she says, I need to see the slides, all 68 of them. Uh-huh. So I can send them out to have them, you know, looked at, copywritten. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I don't want to let go of my baby. Those are your words. Those are your slides. Mm-hmm. You put them together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I had to pause and say, what is best mm-hmm. for the product? Right. Not what I feel or what I want to hold on to, but what can I release? So like you said, you have to release that attachment. So that you can maybe get the best eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. Being able to recognize where you're strong at and to own that space 
but being able to recognize where you're weak at That's and right. to own that weakness. That's right. It's okay to not know everything. As a matter of fact, in Think and Grow Rich, right, and in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it a lot, and Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about it. You should not be the smartest person in the room when you have your business team together. <laughs> right. If you're the smartest person in the room, you have capped the growth of your business. That's right. That's and, good stuff. And it's it's so interesting when we look at you know collaboration or putting stuff out. One of my mentors had told me this, and, and now I, I give you the background. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So um, <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and I think you know it, it, it's kind of something because we weird. know what we're capable of. Right. We know what we're capable of. And number one and number two. As a solopreneur, this is your reputation. This is your, this is your validation. This is your ego that is on the line. That's right. But the interesting thing about it, and again, if you want to run a small business, if all you want is that validation, mm-hmm. if you're not working for a bigger mission, if all you're trying to do is be the best per lawyer, right? I was a lawyer. I was the, one of the winningest defense counsels in the history of Camp Lejeune. Mm-hmm. It was important to me that I was really good at my job. I didn't let a lot of other people help me write motions or help me write briefs mm-hmm. or, do, or, or set up my directs and my crosses because that was that was my work. Mm-hmm. It was my my validation. But again, but if you had to build a law firm, if I a if I had to build a law firm, or if I was trying to change the world through what I was doing, mm-hmm. what I had to realize was the mission is bigger than me. The vision is bigger than me. In that small instance, the mission wasn't bigger than me. The vision wasn't bigger than me. It was I was going to do the best that I could because I was providing a service directly to my clients. And that's who that's what I was doing. I was doing my duty. The mission that was bigger than me was the fact that I was a United States Marine Corps officer. Mm-hmm. I was representing my country. I was doing things for my country. I was making sure that the system was working the way that it was supposed to work. Completely shifted mm-hmm. when I became a company commander. When I became a company commander, although the bigger purpose was still there, I couldn't just be the best company commander I could be because my job as a company commander was to take care of the 220 and then ultimately 380 Marines and sailors that were part of my company. Oh, that's big. I like what you said there. You know, if we could just make our businesses, businesses that have missions bigger than me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that, that's, oh man, that's a good book title. The mission is bigger than me yeah. or bigger than you, right? Than you, right, right. And you're talking about it from your perspective anyway. I like dropping dimes too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so I was that, that's tight. We yeah. start, and now you can bring in all that experience and bring in all that conversation, and then you already maybe have a ready-made uh, audience, and then maybe the mm-hmm. book sell. You, you're selling this to the Marine Corps, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 from mm-hmm. your experience. Anyway, so yeah, I'm just, yeah, no, we're just talking ideas too, right? So we, we can't help doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> and we just want you guys, as you're listening out there right now, right, and earn every dime online land as you as you're building these things out think about building that business with the mission being bigger than you mm-hmm. who's it for now we a lot of people talk about getting to your why mm-hmm. right Simon Sinek yeah yep. he talks about getting to your why and talking about zeroing in on that and that will drive you that will get you up in the morning mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but then you also have the contrary idea whereby people build systems, mm-hmm. right? Now, we know McDonald's has the wonderful system that whether you're 9 or 90, mm-hmm. the system dictates, mm-hmm. right? So now that is, that's contrary to that skill level part. Mm-hmm. The system now is in place whereby mm-hmm. you come in, you do these things, they get done, boom, we have a product. Right. 
And the thing that I and and and, and I, I guess I, I'll push back just a little bit on the idea that it's contrary. The whole purpose of the system is to support the vision. What a lot of people do is they put the cart before the horse. They create the system before they know what the vision is. Oh, that's good. And what winds up happening, therefore, is your, your your feedback loop is all messed up. Because if you don't know where you're going, you don't know whether or not you're getting there mm-hmm. or not. Right? If I want to go, we're in Grand Rapids right now. If I want to go to Chicago, I know that I need to go southwest. That's good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But if I don't decide that I want to go to Chicago, I can make the most elaborate driving plan that I've ever made. I can get a great car. I can get a great driver. I can put gas in the car, the best fuel that you can think of, right? I can make sure that I've blocked off whatever roads. I can have connections with everybody so that I will never have any traffic anywhere I go. Mm -hmm. But none of that will do anything for me until I decide where it is I'm going to go. And that's one of the key, I think, takeaways, right? I was listening to Bedros Koulian, and he talked about before you even, when you're getting ready to begin a thing, write the copy. And at first I was like, what do you mean? Why would you write the copy? You don't even know where to, he said, but the copy now starts driving some of the things that you can hit as benefits, Mm -hmm. right? So writing out where it's kind of like writing a plan. Yeah. Where do I want to go? Exactly. It all starts with the cynic stuff that says, why do I want to? Mm-hmm. What's going to continually motivate me? Mm-hmm. How best can I get there? Systems, exactly. right? And we start exactly. thinking about this exactly. stuff now. You know, when we start bringing in motivating to action, right? And I want to touch on this a little bit. What is going to continually motivate the entrepreneurs out there mm-hmm. when they hit a level? Let's say you put your goal at. Mm-hmm. I want to make. I want to become a part of the two comma club, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you Click hit two commas. commas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the ClickFunnels guy is big on that, right? Yeah. Hey, he, he, we're part of Two Comic Club, and let me tell you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you hit it? Right. How do you re-go? Well, a lot of that, again, is is starting with vision, right? You've got to start with where you're going. And, and, and anybody that's ever been successful at anything, right? Like, throughout my life, I've done a number of different things, and I always I talk about um, one of the reasons why I'm called to serve the people that I serve is because of the fact that, I too have walked this path, right? Mm-hmm. I was the solopreneur. I started an Amway business. I ran a jujitsu school. I did things that I did in my own space. Mm-hmm. And I was good at what I did, mm-hmm. but I was never great then at at building it, bridging it, when I had to bring more people on. Because what I focused so much on was what I was good at. But one of the things that happens for each of us individually in our individual lives, when you reach a milestone or a mile marker, if you're if you're balanced, which I wasn't for a long time, you're able to take a breath and be like, okay, I'm at the top of this mountain. You're able to enjoy <laughs> right. seeing That's the rest right. of the mountains and be like, wow, it looks a lot different uh-huh. from up here. If you, But whether you're balanced or unbalanced, and if you're unbalanced like me, you do this immediately. You start looking at the next mountain and being like, okay, I got to go there. Going over there. That's Once right. Once you get to that place, you start the process again. You uh-huh. start the visioning, right? You start figuring out. Because one of the things with reaching your goals is that, it is the validation of your visioning process. Yeah. Hitting your goal markers are the things that confirm the faith that you had when you mm-hmm. started at the beginning. Because uh, and w- let's be clear with everything that we're doing in the, in the solopreneur and the entrepreneurial realms. Will Smith said this, and I thought that it was, a, uh, it was amazing. He was like, 
being reasonable is the quickest route to mediocrity. Oh, being reasonable. Right? I like that. And he went even further. He said, no one has ever changed the world by being reasonable. If what you are trying to do, if, if the, the, the amazing thing that you're trying to do that nobody else has ever done before, if it was reasonable, right, somebody else would have already done it. That's right. Like the it's whole, media, right. Because like, it like is not, at a level. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not going to do something that's, that's never right. been done before using thinking that's been thought before. Using visions that have been dreamed. Like the thing that you have to, if you have a mission, if you have a vision that is doing something, if, again, when we're talking about difference between small businesses and big mm -hmm. businesses, mm -hmm. right? If you're in that big business realm, if you're building systems, if you're building, if you're doing something where you're called, you feel like you have a vision, a mission, something that is going to make the world a different place, it's imperative that you realize the level of faith that's necessary to make that happen. You are believing in something mm -hmm. that you have never seen before. But one of the things that we talk about that's necessary with human beings, when you think about behavioral um, psychology and operant conditioning, mm -hmm. right? Positive reinforcement is the strongest motivation that we have to incite action. And in, 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 in my book, in my process, when you're leading people, one of the things I talk about is it's imperative that you reward what you want to continue when you're leading people because that's the strongest way to make sure that it happens again. It releases dopamine, it releases endorphins in your in your brain, and that makes you want to have that experience again. So when you're giving authentic praise as a leader, you're ensuring that the people are going to do exactly what you praised, what you wanted to see happen uh -huh. over and over and over again because that's how we work, right? You have to do that for yourself. Leading yourself, mm -hmm. one of the things you have to be able to do is you accomplish the goal, you reward yourself for the goal, that's right. And it strengthens that system of, okay, now I can dream again. Now I can have a vision, and I'm confident that I'm going to reach it if I do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and I think you have to be careful, too, of, you know, this is, this is a concept from a different field, but feature creep, right? Mm. That's a big thing when you're having someone, you can, you know, create feature creep even within yourself mm -hmm. by not saying done, completed, pat on the back, reward, next. Exactly. Right? right. And if you just say, well, and I, I've suffered from this myself, right? You're just saying, okay, okay, I, I need to start this next book, right? And mm -hmm. I'm on my fifth book right now. I'm like, okay, that's done. Go on to the next. But it's almost like it seems like one big book. Exactly. And I got to realize, stop, reward yourself for having done it. Right. And I had to, and all my wife was telling me the other day, she said, do you realize what you have done? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I've done nothing. Mm -hmm. I need to do mm -hmm. more. I need to go faster. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I need to do this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, no, how about you stop? Right. And show gratitude. Obviously, exactly. Right. I think Oprah talks a lot about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And, and then realize what you have accomplished. Put that in this nice little box and then go on. Exactly. Right? Being able to restart, go on, re-go, remission and all that. I agree completely. I remember um cuz like I said, I've in my life one of the things that was really interesting um and when I was transitioning out of Marine Corps, my wife's grandfather was talking to me about this because I I I was always it was like I was on a treadmill. Like I always I just had to do more and more mm -hmm. and better mm -hmm. and better and better. And one of the things that he sat me down and he was like what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Uh -huh. He's like, everybody else is super impressed with what you've done already, uh -huh. right? You 
graduated high school at 16. You got two bachelor's degrees. You have a master's degree. You are a Marine Corps officer. You have a, a Juris doctorate, right? Like you've run a marathon. You've done so much in your life in the 38 years that you've been mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to prove? And it was amazing to me because the fact that he that he put it like if it had just been hey you've done a lot you're you're awesome but if I'd have felt like he was blowing smoke that's right right but the fact that he was like uh uh what are you trying to prove mm -hmm. what's why your end you, in sight right why are you pushing so hard mm -hmm. like I need to know because it's getting annoying was basically we like the fact that you're <laughs> always like you're you're too intense for the people who are around you because you're always pushing right and your intensity makes people feel uncomfortable right so i need to know why you're so intense and what was amazing about that was it gave me a moment to say okay why why am i doing all yeah. of this and part of it was you know deep-seated you know stuff from having imposter syndrome and being a perfectionist and mm -hmm. feeling like i wasn't good enough and things like that but then another part of it and i think this is the duality that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with is you have a calling, you have a mission, mm -hmm. you have a vision of the world in a different way, and you know that it's gonna take a gargantuan effort to get there, mm -hmm. you know that, like there's a, there's a driving passion behind it. And the point that he was making to me that, you know, in, in our conversations, he kind of talked to me about was, you've gotta have balance, just like you were saying, you've gotta have the ability to take a moment, and it's not complacency, it's not resting on your laurels, but it is the ability to be grateful for what mm -hmm. you've done ability to appreciate what you've done mm -hmm. and that that can't be something that you do every once in a while that's got to be a part of your routine just like everything else is every morning when I wake up now as part of my routine as part of my devotions in the morning as part of my my meditation routine I think of three things that I'm grateful for that's every right day. And I do mine at night yeah right what did I accomplish what did I get done mm -hmm. versus the list that I put out there for myself. Exactly. Right? Right. Because I'll look at that list and say, why isn't everything crossed off mm -hmm. and start feeling funny about that? Exactly. Or like I should have did more. I should have got up earlier. Right now it is okay. Based on what you needed, what had to get done. Mm -hmm. Right. And what are your scratch offs then? Exactly. And I, and, and a lot of my gratification and a lot of my gratitude exercise has nothing to do with business has nothing to do. It has nothing to do really with want. What I what I and, and I kind of divorced it and it was intentional in this in this fashion. There's a a verse in the Bible that talks about how we um, enter into God's presence with thanksgiving. We enter into His courts with praise, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, regardless of you know religious persuasions or whatever, the idea of that is, and you, you can think about it, if you look at law of attraction, if you look at any types of different disciplines, the the what is the mindset that you're in? when you're trying to make things happen in the universe. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's, I'm not even trying to think about anything that I, that is, that I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to be grateful. If nothing else happens today, and that's kind of the reason why I do it at the beginning of the day, if nothing else happens today, today is a good day because of these things that already exist in my life. That's good stuff, man. That's how you appreciate your day. Now, Listen, out there, you guys are going to be earning all your money or transitioning from one aspect to the other, whether it's nine to five, like I did, right? Mm -hmm. Transitioning, making a conscious decision to transition and then jumping in 
not knowing where the net was, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. deciding on it anyway, and then starting to see these successes, right, that start happening. Mm -hmm. Now, you guys out there are going to be coming up up against these these successes. Now, you're going to have to start re-going, right? Yeah. You're going to have to re-lead yourself, Mm -hmm. and then there's going to come a point where you've grown so much that you may have to step away. Mm -hmm. Now what? When you step away, what is in place? Exactly. Right? So we wanted to have this kind of conversation today. I wanted to talk to uh, Mr. Heath here and get his perspectives on why he's driving the way he, 38 years, you guys heard that, right? And the things that you've been able to accomplish. Now, you started early, mm-hmm. right? And I think they tell the investors, start early, yeah, right? And this is how we met, you know, we our money people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. put us together because mm-hmm. they thought, hey, there's some synergy here. You guys could create something interesting, yeah. right? But at the same time, we're individuals, yeah. right? We're cavemen. We want to just like, you know, hit everybody over the head, take it home to our cave, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to, I think, get past some of that. And you out there working in your rooms, are going to off, you know, have to get past that kind of stuff to oh, get out there, reach out. Um, there was a group that you're in. I want to, if you can speak on that, yeah. that speaks to how you get out sharing different ideas. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that group? Yeah. So, um, one of the thing, one of the groups that I'm in is, um, and I think this is the one you're talking about tip club. Yeah. Tip um, club. Yeah. So, um, I'm the, the grand rapids president of tip club which is a networking business networking mm-hmm. organization but um we have a meeting once a month where we talk a lot about you know what are people's businesses doing what what's going on and you get people who have been in business for 30 years you get people who are just starting out in business and ultimately the goal of the organization is to do two things is to pr- provide an atmosphere where businesses can help each other mm-hmm. but also not just from a kind of client to client perspective but also from a mentoring perspective as a matter of fact the person that I met Randy through, um, who is also my financial planner now, is um, David Thaler, mm-hmm. who wound up, who is a member of the tip of Tip Club, and him and I wound up talking. He's also a former, um, he's a former Air Force captain, and we talked about you know mm-hmm. being veterans and things like that, and just hit it off. And I've learned so much from him just in the, the couple months that I've known him, um, and that's how how that process works. I wanted to. There was there was a point that you made that I want to refer back to really quickly. Though, where you talking about how there comes a point where you're going to have to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's important that we all realize that that exists for everyone, right? It's just like siege man. There's a point, a time to die, right? Like everybody's gonna gonna not be here at some <laughs> point in time. Like death and taxes, those are the two things that we are certain <laughs> of, right? Um, and I think that a lot of times when we start businesses, when we start everything else. And this is just something I'm really. I mean, this is the the crux of what uh, of of the movement that I that I want to start. It's the idea of legacy. It's the idea of legacy building, legacy leadership. Right. Uh-huh. It's in all of my companies. <laughs> the the name legacy somewhere uh-huh. um, is, is involved there, because the idea is what are you leaving? Right. Proverbs thirteen twenty two says, the wise person leaves an inheritance to their children's uh-huh. children. Right. And I was I, I was really moved Steve Harvey tells the story of um, a time when he went one of his friends one of his best friends went to visit his grandmother um, in the hospital she was on her deathbed they were going to visit her and talk to her and she was saying you know um, she was talking to her grandson not Steve he was just kind of in the room fly on the wall she was saying you know son I want you to think about do you you know who your granddaddy is and he was like no I mean well I don't know him I never met him 
and she was like, "What about your your great grandpappy? What's his name?" And he's like, "I don't know him either, me mom. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know him." And she said, "You know why you don't know them, son?" And he's like, "I, I never met them." She was like, "The reason you don't know them is because they never left you anything. Uh-huh. Nothing about them, except for who, you, except for the fact you exist. Uh-huh. It's the only thing that they left you." She was, and basically the message that she gave him was make sure that when you have children, make sure that in the people in your life, you leave them something. You build enough so that you leave something to them. Make sure they know your name. And Steve Harvey explains that, you know, that was a life changing moment for him. That's it, it, significant. It, it changed what he wanted to do. He wanted to make sure that his grandchildren and his great grandchildren knew who he was because he left something for them. And that's the that's that idea that, that that idea of legacy. And so when we were talking about you know entrepreneurs and building businesses and all the rest of this, the thing that you have to realize, and what I talk to my clients so much about, is we move like I said from doers to teachers uh-huh. to legacy builders, and that's you know akin to what Stephen Covey talks about in the the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? So much of us get caught up in this idea of moving from dependence to independence, right? We mm-hmm. want to get grown. Mm-hmm. And as business owners, right, we want to make enough we money. Get grown right? We want to be grown in business. We want to make enough money so that our business is the only thing that we have to do. Mm-hmm. So now I'm independent. Can't nobody tell me nothing, right? <clears throat> but the idea is that's not where we're that's, – that, that's a stop along the way, but that's not the destination journey. And if that's your destination journey – don't get me wrong, you will, like I said, you can own a small business, uh-huh. but you are limiting your growth and you're limiting your impact. That's right. Because what we have to realize about life on this planet is that we are all interconnected. Even as a business owner, you can serve your clients, but you need your clients for your business to happen. Right? <laughs> That's like, right. Like, it's not just that, oh, you created <laughs> they, this they awesome thing. They become your new boss. Exactly. Right. right? And. And and sometimes people get out of solopreneurship. Sometimes people get out of business for the very reason that they get tired of their clients. They don't like mm-hmm. having their that boss anymore. And so you've got to realize you always have a boss. The question is, what is your boss? And when we look at legacy building, you get to determine what your who your boss is because you get to determine the vision. Mm-hmm. You get to determine where you're going. And what Stephen Covey says is, instead of moving from in, from dependence to independence. We have to make sure we go from dependence to independence, which is a step along the way. But that our final destination is interdependence. Our final destination is understanding how we fit into this big thing, what our role is in society, how we help and how others help us, and being able to create synergy Uh and understand that by thinking about the legacy that we want to build, what will come after us will be exceeding and abundantly more than what we could have ever envisioned. That's an interesting thing, man. I have this, um, uh, you know, I typically try to get ideas out of my head every day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, Mott, you know, I, I kind of took the approach that um, you know, Einstein used to have a book, you know, Ideas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Edison, Ideas. Mm-hmm. And his big deal was create them all the time Right? And then right. from those ideas, something big will be built. Mm-hmm. And one piece of writing that I had, an ideal I wrote down, it says, what would happen if I worked for the world instead? Mm. Not that's for me. Tight. And that's bringing in that idea that 
this is again the mission is bigger than me Mm -hmm. i'm working for the world instead Mm -hmm. and what also allowed me to create multiple different approaches companies writings right instead of sticking in one genre Mm -hmm. people would ask me what genre are you in right now with the ideal i'm working for the world instead i'm in the genre where i believe i can be of most use so my books are are different things right now i know that goes against you know book writing you know uh perspectives Mm -hmm. but sometimes you know that higher power is saying i need you to say this or i need to say this through you through you right Right. in your way and that's your style that's the beauty of like i love the way you said you know um i'm working for the world right at the end of the day i'm a i'm a fundamental believer in we all have greatness within us. Mm-hmm. Everybody was created and put on this planet for a reason. I, when I go and speak at, at schools and with young people, I talk, I, get, I talk to them all the time. I have a speech that, that talks about you are a miracle, right? And we talk about the amazing odds that ha- that it, that that exist with regard to being who you are, right? There are over seven hundred trillion known planets in our in our universe. Mm-hmm. Right, known, known, right? Exactly, <laughs> known. And of those seven hundred trillion, one of them do we know that has life? Now we can have discussions about whether you think there's aliens or not. I'm talking about what we know right now, right? One in seven hundred trillion. But then, if we just take it, let's just look at Earth. Mm-hmm. Four hundred trillion different species and types of life, mm-hmm. of which human beings are one, mm-hmm. right? And you look at, you know, just. The, the odds of you being the child that you are. If you have brothers and sisters, you know that y'all are different, right? The A man creates trillions of sperm throughout his life. A woman creates hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of eggs. And the fact that that one sperm and that one egg will combine and meet. Miraculous event, stuff. right? But it doesn't stop there. And this is where legacy comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Not only are you that miracle, just in general, if we were taking, right, in a, in a in a laboratory, if we were trying to conduct this experiment, right? These are the odds, right? One in 700 quadrillion, right? But here's the crazy piece. In order for you to have been born to the family that you were born in, to, in the mm-hmm. time that you were born, in the place that you were born, with the characteristics that you have, in order for you to be you, right? Not just you as in a human being in the existence of time, space, mm-hmm. continuum, mm-hmm. but for you to be you. Generation after generation of miracle had to happen. I always tell the kids, we can have the debate on how old human the human race is, but let's just take 20,000 for an easy number because it makes <laughs> the math easy, right? <laughs> a generation is about 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20,000 years of human history, right, is a thousand unbroken generations that had to exist for you to be here today. That's good stuff. A thousand, one in 700 quadrillion chances had to happen and they had to live long enough to make another seven one in seven hundred quadrillion chance a thousand times right and so now we don't want to say that to suggest to people that your time isn't now i'm suggesting why not you right in my latest book you know um right where you are it uh speaks to that i got a, a story in there that says success it's waiting on you. Exactly. Just like yeah. success is waiting on you. It's down the street. Mm-hmm. It's will. It say, hey, whoever comes and walks with me, I'll walk with them. Exactly. But you got to go toward it. You got to go toward you it. You got to move toward you it. You got to operate in your destiny. You got to operate. 
everybody, and, and that's the kind of point that I get to, everybody is a miracle that's walking around. And the crazy thing is just being here, just existing, you've overcome greater odds than any other thing wow. that it is that you could conceive of that you want to do. That's good stuff. Right? You want to be an NBA player. The odds on that is like one in some, a couple of million. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not even that bad. <laughs> right? We're talking about one in 700. And, and the odds of you being you is like one in, and I, I, I read an article on it. It did the math. It was like one times 10 to the 2 millionth power. <laughs> right? The odds of you being you. Right? You beat bigger odds just existing than anything else and, you would face. What a good story to wrap up our conversation. You beat the odds already. Mm-hmm. So going out there and deciding that you want to find new ways to earn a living, mm-hmm. different ways. And that's what we talk about here all the time. That's yeah. what when I originally vision earn every dime online, it was mm-hmm. just about coming up and uncovering and discovering and realizing new ways to earn a living. That's non-traditional. Exactly. That's all. Now, you can add it to what you're already doing, mm-hmm. but now economics comes in, right? right? And we talk about not having that that next cost. Mm-hmm. So you're able to wipe out a lot of costs by doing stuff online. Exactly. You create it once, and you multiply the possibilities right. from it exponentially right? because you can really, you know, ring that thing out forever, whatever that is you create, whether it's an information product or what we're doing as a podcast. Now we could take this podcast and go all kind of ways mm-hmm. with it. And mm-hmm. we've already talked about that. I'm going to give a copy to you. You use it in some of your work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a copy over here. It can be translated uh, or mm-hmm. translated and yep. transcribed. Mm-hmm. All these things become possible because you decide to step up mm-hmm. and do something different than the traditional nine to five. Exactly. Right? Now we start talking about leading yourself to greater things. Mm-hmm. Right? Now that sounds like a pretty good book title, don't you guys <laughs> out there? Lead yourself to greater things. Exactly. Right? And yeah. then I'm talking to, you know, the leadership guy right here, graduated at 16. Now that's not everybody's experience, right? But then now he's being able to, all these years later, it starts saying and asking and answering the question, what's driving me? Mm-hmm. Right? After successes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Graduating, JD, degrees upon degrees, mm-hmm. military service, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You had to re-go. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. Throughout my life, I had to re-go. And the funny thing about it was, when again, when I can stand and look back at it, I can say, wow, I've been really successful, mm-hmm. right? But I always saw where I wasn't successful. I saw me not making a basketball team in high school. Mm-hmm. Right, I saw me not reaching my goal. So the pain of that right. drives the, you even more. <laughs> not even so much that. I, I want people to be able to look at, like, you don't want to compare yourself to any one person because mm-hmm. I can tell you all of the different people who were more successful than me mm-hmm. in the groups that I was in. I, I never tell people about what I've done to, to make them think that, oh, I, I'm special or I've done mm-hmm. something different because trust me, I know people who graduated at 15. I know people who got three degrees while I was at school with the same time as them. Mm-hmm. Right, I know people who had... I only graduated in the top third of my law school class. There were people that graduated, obviously, mm-hmm. above me, right? All of those different things. But the point that I want to make when I'm when we're talking about this is when you're leading yourself to better things, the first thing that you have to do is you have to believe that you have a purpose. You have to believe that your mission 
And you have to not only believe in your mission, you have to first figure out what your mission is, figure out what your purpose in life is. And that's that calling, that's that vision that you have. And ultimately, after you can get yourself dialed into what the universe has for you, life is about doing that thing that you were put on this earth to do. Wow, that's good stuff. And just like you were saying, you write in different genres. You do. I've been a lawyer. I've been a teacher. I've been a basketball coach. I've been a martial arts instructor. <laughs> now I'm a leadership consultant, and I'm going to be a real estate development mogul. Those are some of the things that are mm-hmm. going on on, on in, in the um, on the horizon. I'm going to be an educa- be back in education, doing big things with education. Ten years, fifteen years from now, like the. I have a lot of places where I need to serve, Mm -hmm. but what I have really embraced is the fact that where I serve best, what my unique quality or capability is, is that taking people who want to do great things and teaching them how to implement the appropriate systems, Mm -hmm. how to implement the appropriate mindsets, how to implement and, and bridge that gap between being a doer and being a legacy builder. I can take people and teach them how to teach, and I can take them and teach them how to build legacies. That's what I do. Now, I may do it in education. I may do it in real estate. I may do it in, 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 in consulting. I may do it in whatever, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what I bring to the world. And when you can find that, just constantly be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and that's where you're now driving toward your one thing, right? And that one, I think why we mesh well is my big deal was, you know, taking people from ideas to income, mm-hmm. right? Now, those ideas are everywhere, right? And and one of our favorite movies happens to be The Matrix, right? Yes. It's like when Neo really figured out how to work within The Matrix and then that he was The Matrix or that he was the computer program. Mm-hmm. Now he could operate in a whole different way. Yep. He had a belief, mm-hmm. right? He had a thought. Mm-hmm. Then he didn't believe. He jumped, failed. Yeah. Right. And then he got to the point where it's like, wait a minute, this is not hard. And I believe those same things are within all of you guys. So a little inspiration before we go Mm -hmm. is to tell you uh, that, you know what, whether you're approaching your next new income, Mm -hmm. whether you're approaching it by saying, I'm going to get a second job, I'm suggesting let that second job be online. Yeah. Right. Because you can absolutely increase and exponentiate how much you can earn in the way you can earn mm-hmm. how many people you can bring on to help you mm-hmm. at the job mm, might not get an assistant exactly right <laughs> you're not in control of it. and then kind of taking that that matrix analogy again right the thing that neo realized in the movie and i love that i mean there were so many i watched it about that, 70 oh 1700 God, yes. times right <laughs> and there were so many things that happened in the movie that i loved but one of the biggest things was he realized that he was only limited by his mind. That's right. His limits existed on what he could conceive. When he thought about it, he was like, you know what? I could probably fly. And then he became the first person in the Matrix to ever fly. <laughs> and then after a while, it just was normal. Everybody was like, oh, everybody's Neo. looking he at him like, around. oh right? my goodness. Right. And everything that happened as, he, as it continued, as it continued, as it continued, he was limited by his own thoughts, his own mind. That is the thing that we have to come to understand. And more importantly, as you move from doer to leader, right? As you move from doer to teacher to legacy builder, the thing that you do that is more important than the the thing that you build, that is more important than the money that you make, that is more important than the organization that you create, is the fact that, as Marianne Williamson says, right, 
as you are liberated from your own fears, as you do the things that you do and create the systems that you create and lead the people that you lead and build the legacy that you build, you liberate others from their fears. And that's even a greater legacy, right? The legacy of ability. Mm-hmm. The legacy of being able to show people how to lead themselves to greatness. And hopefully this conversation today has led you to a different way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? So let me, before we go, uh, where can people find you? All right. So um, one of the big things, and my, my mentor is, is is really big on me not having a big presence right now until everything gets out. So my website is www.robertheath.co. That's .co, not .com. A lot of people mess that up. It's just CEO. a CEO, like company. Um, but you can also find me on Facebook, um, Robert Heath. Um, and you can also find, and for all of Maybe your listeners. Maybe they can drop an email. Right, they can drop me an email at robert at robertheath.co. Um, that's the best way to get to me, to find out what's going on. I've got, like I said, the book coming out. If you want to get an advanced reader copy, we can make that happen. Um and then I've got a couple of um, programs that will be coming out as well. And I've got a Facebook group um, that is launching um, Empowering Leadership. So um, that's something that you'll want to be looking at as well. So Robert at robertheath.co. Again, robertheath.co. C-O. Rob, I appreciate you coming on the Earn Every Dime online show. You have dropped some jewels. And, like, you know, we would talk all the time. Uh, just in the short time we've met each other, right? And we were just coming up with these this awesome stuff and I says man we got to get this get this out to the people mm. that can use it pick it up and say this nugget is going to be worth way more mm. than when I heard it mm. Mm. as you now exponentiate it to all right so this is Randy out of bridge for the earn every dime online show I've had Rob Heath on and I certainly appreciate everybody out there listening Definitely. go forth and make money awesome thank you for having me brother